gentlemen, boys and girls, babies in their diapers, welcome to the Tiberius Show with your host, Tiberius Boy! That's me, Tiberius! Welcome to the Tiberius Show and I'm your host, Tiberius Boy! As always, we're looking at various jobs and how they can affect the world around us. Today's is going to be very interesting. We're going to have to talk about a land banker. Well, do you have an idea what that does? Well, neither do I. Let's find out. Let me introduce our next guest, the one, the only, the amazing Brad Warren. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> so... You are listed as a land baker. For those of my listeners that have no idea, what exactly does that mean? Well, I am a real estate agent, and I sell dirt. So I sell vacant land to patient investors to help them build generational wealth. And that's what it is in a nutshell. And for people that don't know the word vacant, what does that mean? It's empty land with no buildings on it. Maybe a dirt road nearby, maybe even a paved road, but basically undeveloped land that's just vacant. Nothing there. Maybe so some cactus. So it's just existing, correct? Correct. Okay. So, how'd you get the idea to get into land banking? Well, I started out as an investor. Many of the parents of the kids that listen to the show probably know this. you got to invest in order to get returns to build your retirement portfolio or maybe college education fund for your kids. And I discovered that I hadn't done that. Big mistake I made over my life was not putting enough into, into my investments. And late in life, I started to buy land because I saw the potential for it to build what's called generational or legacy wealth, meaning many times over and money that not only would my wife and I use, but we're also going to give some to our daughter. Okay. So, when did you know that this was the job for you? Pretty much from day one. Uh, I actually started as an investor. Okay. Did that for several years. Then I became what's called a finder, which is a referral partner. So I started telling all my friends about what I was doing, got them to invest, and I started to make some money uh, on referral fees. And then eventually... Uh, the same day that my wife lost her job and decided she was going to retire, I was offered the opportunity to go to work for the company that I work for now. Wow. I knew what, they, like I say, Tiberius, one door shut really tightly closed and yeah. one door opened really, really, really wide. Big. Yep. So where'd you find the land to invest in? Do you just start asking people to sell their house or something? That's a great question. So all of the land is located within a 60-mile radius of downtown Los Angeles. Mm. Not in Los Angeles proper because the land there, first of all, there is no vacant land anymore. And even if you could get it, it'd be five, six, seven million dollars an acre. We're kind of outside of L.A. in uh, what's called the Antelope Valley, Victorville, Palmdale, Lancaster, Palm Springs, Desert Hot Springs. And we find our, our research and acquisition department, to be exact finds the land they buy it from whoever currently owns it we get it very very cheaply because they need to get rid of it maybe they're getting divorced and the court says you have to sell your land 
So we buy it cheaply and then we sell it to our investors and they hold it and they're patient and they wait for the developer who needs that land to build a shopping center or a movie theater or uh, 500 homes. And where they get the profits. Yeah, and that, that's where they make the money from where they buy it to where they sell it way up here. Okay. Now, here seems like a good time to take a quick commercial break. Let's take a word from our sponsors. And we are back here talking with Brad Warren. Brad is a land-making consultant. So, Brad, we're talking about dirt. What makes some dirt more valuable than other dirt? Well, there's actually five kinds of zonings. Land gets zoned by usually the city council in which, in, in the county where the land is. And just very briefly, you've got what's called non-agricultural residential, uh, which is... Uh, Non-residential agricultural, got that backwards. Non-residential agricultural, that's farmland. You have residential, that's houses. You have uh, uh, industrial, which is like warehouses and distribution centers and things like that, uh, maybe storage facility. You have commercial, which could be an apartment building or an office building, and then you have mixed use. And the land goes up in price based on the zoning. Okay. Now, I saw in your bio that you said that you help patient investors. Now, all the kids I know are definitely not patient. How long are we talking about? Uh, We generally tell people, because we're very conservative, seven to ten years is the average time it takes for the development to get closer and closer to your land, which then increases and increases the price. So you got to be what we call a patient investor and use money that you don't need to buy a Lamborghini or to go on a round-the-world cruise or a hip replacement or something like that. Uh, it has to be money. We call it set it and forget it real estate investing. Okay. Now, are there any like rules about who can be an investor in land? Like, Can a kid be an investor? Anybody that's legally allowed to purchase land in the United States of America could be an investor. There are certain countries, I won't name them, but there are certain countries that uh, we're a little afraid of money laundering. Uh, so we tend to shy away from people from those countries. But pretty much the world is my oysters. They say I have investors all over the world. Most of them are from the United States, but I can invest with, have people invest who live outside of the U.S. As long as their country that they live in allows them to do that. Can't okay. violate the law. So, do you have to be rich to invest in land? I mean, I don't know that many rich people. Well, it depends on your definition of rich. Our minimum investment is $25,000 up to $2 million. And I see your eyeballs going up. Yeah, a kid most likely won't have that kind, but their parents might have that kind of money. So, that would be more who I would look to, to see investing would be the parents of the kids that are listening to the show. And they, if they have a retirement fund of some kind from a job that they've been working, they probably have at least that much in there and usually quite more. Most of my clients will have several hundred thousand dollars saved up. And this is a way to diversify their portfolio is what we call it. Wow. Spread it out. Do different kinds of investments. Okay. So does it take a lot of training to be a land banker? Yes, it does. (laughs) Which I didn't know when I first started. But uh, after five years of doing this, I am still learning the business. 
the nuances, the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the laws that keep changing. Uh, it's just an ongoing, continuous learning uh, endeavor on my part, which I would also recommend to all of you kids that are listening. Get educated. Keep getting educated. Never stop learning. I'm 72 years old, and I still am learning new things. So that expression, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? No, you can. Yeah, it just takes patience. Correct. So, if someone is investing in land, can they do anything they want with it before they sell it? Like, camp out? Yeah, like, can I go camping on it, hold a party? Technically, legally, yes, you could go put a tent on it. It's it's your land. Uh, Where we invest, I don't think you'd want to do that. It's called the high desert, and there's mostly just cactus uh, and tumbleweed. So there's a lot of sand maybe blowing around and stuff. Uh, But the idea is people are going to build buildings on it. Also, the city council might come by and say, excuse me, Mr. Tiberius, uh, I know you've got, I know you own this land, but it's not zoned for camping. And so you do need to take your tent and go move it someplace else. So most people really do nothing. They, you could go dig holes. You could look around for shells or rocks or something like that. But most people don't even, in fact, most of my investors have never seen their land. They just buy it because they trust our company to do the due diligence that's necessary. Hmm. And they know they're getting land that is in the path of growth and that will increase in value over time. Okay. Now, why do you think land banking is a good investment for people right now? Well, you've got stock market volatility. You have crypto volatility. You have a war still going on a year later in the Ukraine and other places on the planet. There's just a lot of unrest and a lot of uncertainty in people's minds. For us, land banking is safe. It will increase over time. You don't have what we call tenants, toilets, and termites. Nobody calling you up on the weekend telling you the washing machine flooded and you got to come and take all the water out of the basement and put in new carpet and a new paint job. There's no headaches. So for people that want to just set it and forget it and do nothing except reap the rewards over time, land is a great investment. Okay. So what's the best part about being a land banker? Well, it's because I get to help make people millionaires. Maybe it takes two cycles to get to million, but certainly I help people develop that generational wealth so that they can retire comfortably, they can put their kids through school, they can uh, can contribute to charities if that's what they want to do with some of their wealth, which I highly recommend. So it's, to me, it's a great investment. Mm Mm-hmm. So, if you're making good money in land banking, why would you want other people to do it as well? Well, it depends on your mindset. They say the most valuable real estate in the world is the six inches between your two ears. And if you have an abundance mindset, an abundance mindset means there's enough for everybody. And if other people enter into this field and want to be my competitors, so be it. I don't mind. I just know that our company has a particularly special way of finding the land that we know no other company is using. And so we're very confident that the land you get from us, by the way, I think on the screen, they might be able to see that white circle is the 60 mile radius around downtown LA. They know that the land they're getting from us is going to make them wealthy. 
Okay. So bring it on, competitors. Bring it on. In fact, one of our competitors went out of business because basically they were crooks. They were selling land that they, that we wouldn't touch. We would never sell it. And they were not divulging that information to the buyer. And the buyer just bought worthless dirt that they can't do anything with. So be, be careful. Buyer beware. Do your research. Okay. So what's the hardest part about doing this type of work? It's finding investors. Uh, COVID kind of shut us down, forced me to go to Zoom. And so a lot of my time is spent going to networking meetings or getting on podcasts and just getting the word out. Because most people, if when I used to go to networking meetings, Tiberius, I had a little name badge and it said Brad Warren, land banker. And they would lean over and they'd shake hands and they'd look at my name badge and they go, what's a land banker? And when I told them what it was that I did, they said, I've never heard of anybody that sells dirt to help people get rich. And so it's like a very well-kept secret. Uh, and all of my business is by referral. So that's one of the hardest things. I can't advertise on Facebook. I can't go out and you know put up uh, uh, signs. I don't take ads in newspapers. It's all meeting people one-on-one and either they become an investor or they refer somebody to me okay. who becomes an investor. So if I wanted to go buy land and hold on to it, do I have to have the cash or are there other ways to pay for it? Well, we, most of my clients will use cash or they'll use a retirement fund. You could borrow against a life insurance policy or a HELOC, which is called a home equity line of credit. So you own a house, you borrow money and use your house as collateral. We don't recommend that because you, sometimes you have to pay interest on, on that money that you're borrowing. Even from your own life insurance policy, you have to pay yourself back with interest. So we prefer people to either have cash, a retirement fund, or sometimes there's, there's a thing called a 1031 exchange in the real estate world. That's when somebody sells a piece of real estate and replaces it with a higher value piece of real okay. estate. You can do it that way too. Those are the three main ways. Cash, cool. retirement funds, and 1031 exchanges. Cool. Okay. So how does being a land banker make the world a better place? Well, I'll tell you how it how it's making a better place for me first and then for others. I couldn't retire. I looked at my retirement account, realized I had not been saving enough money over the decades of being on the planet, and I was not going to be able to retire comfortably and live out my life without having to keep working. You hear about these people the greeters at Walmart and they're 75 and 80 years old because they just don't have enough money from social security and they didn't save. Mm. And they've, they've got these jobs, which aren't very fulfilling. They kind of like, hi, welcome to Walmart. Uh, again, I'm not putting down Walmart or, or those people, yeah. but I did want, I did not want to be one of them. So it's helped me build my retirement portfolio and it's helping my investors build their retirement portfolios. And in one case, one woman, is selling her land, buying another property, putting it in her granddaughter's name. And when that one sells, the granddaughter will have somewhere between five and six million dollars. Whoa. So the granddaughter will never have to work. And we pray that she will contribute some of that back to society and help others as well. Okay. So what is the very first step that every person that wants to invest in land should do in order to get started in land banking? Contact me. <laughs> my email, uh, I don't probably, there's probably another place to say this, but it's just my name, brad at bradwarren.com. 
and you just put in the subject line, heard you on Tiberius's show, because I want to know how they heard about me, where is the referral coming from? Uh, and then they email me and we set up a Zoom and I just start talking with them and I answer their questions. I have them watch a presentation. In fact, we do not even allow people to invest with us until they get educated first. So they have to watch a one hour presentation on land banking so that they understand what it is before I can even let them invest. Okay. One hour? Jeez. Okay. Yeah, that's a whole, that's a lot of time. Yeah. They waste more time playing video games, right? No, they waste more time sleeping. Okay, so get up an hour early, watch the presentation, you'll understand land banking. And again, their parents are probably the ones that need to do this. I'm sure the parents can find an hour. If, if it's about their college education fund for their kid and they want to make one investment that the return could pay for the entire four years of college for their kid when they grow up, they'll invest the hour. Yeah, I think so. So what is that one piece of land that you invested in that you will never forget? Probably my first one. It's called Mixed Use. It's actually the, the highest of the five. And the city council did me a wonderful favor. When I bought it, it was called MU4, meaning Mixed Use 4, meaning the person that buys it from me can build four stories high, like an apartment building, or an office building. Well, the city council rezoned my land to MU5. And now they can build five stories high. Whoa. So the land the land is worth more. So they just made I did nothing. They made it easier for you. <laughs> made it much easier for me and made my land much more valuable just because the city council voted to change the zoning. So huh. I love that piece. I love that piece of land. And it was my first one. I, my wife and I actually own 11, in case people are wondering. We've put quite a bit of money into land because we see the, the results that we're yeah. going to get. We're very excited. Who can you say was the person to help drive your passion the most? I would say it's a lady named Marcella Silva. She was my land banker, and now she's my business partner. And a constant wow. inspiration. She's a coach, a mentor, and a very good friend of mine as well. Okay, so what have I asked you to give to my listeners if they wanted to grow up and be a land banker? What advice I would give to them? Uh, do your homework, do your research, make sure it's something that you're passionate about. Uh, I love dirt. Uh, hopefully it comes across in my, in my facial expressions and body expressions and the way I talk about dirt. Uh, but just make sure you have to get a real estate license, so you got to study and take mm -hmm. the exam. Yeah, don't eat the dirt. Just sell. No, don't <laughs> play in it. You know, make it into mud and have yeah, fun. Yeah, don't eat it though. It, but don't eat it. No, 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 no. Okay. So, what's the best advice that you've ever received, and who gave you that advice? Oh my gosh, I'm 72 years old. I've gotten all kinds of advice from everywhere. Uh, the best advice? Well, one piece of advice: ordinary things, consistently done produce extraordinary results. Wow. So even if it's just, you know, one push up a day, start there until you can do two and and keep going until you can do three and so on. If it's one phone call, you know, you're afraid of making calls, make one. And then the next day make one and then maybe the day after that, oh, okay, I'll go for two. But very ordinary things consistently, it's like a water dripping on a rock. 
very consistently over thousands of years, it will drill a hole through the rock. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, what was the very first job that you've ever had? A babysitter. When I was about 10 years old, 10 or 11 years old, uh, eight, I think it was eight or nine women on our block were all pregnant at the same time. And as their kids got a little bit older, maybe around one or two, they all needed babysitters. And I was right there. I could just walk to their house. Uh, back then, I think I made about 25 cents an hour. Wow, that's a lot. Maybe 50 cents an hour. Okay. Well, was there anything you learned from that job that helped you be a better land banker? Responsibility. I had to be there on that's time. That's a big one. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> had to be there on time. Uh, if something came up that I couldn't handle, I'd call my mom, who was maybe just a couple of houses away. Mom, mom, what do I do? How do you change this diaper? You, wanna, you know, but it taught me how to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Well, what message do you want to tell children all over the world about doing the work that you do? Well, I would say if it's something that you're passionate about and you want to make very good money while helping other people make even more money, it's a great opportunity. And there's not a lot of competition. Not a lot of people selling dirt like I do. Yeah, I realize that. A lot of more people a lot of people are eating dirt than selling it. Yes. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break to pay some bills. And we are back with expert land banker Brad Warren. Now, my dad said that you also used to be a PE teacher, a marketing guy, a seminar leader, a speaker, a trainer, business coach, and whoa, 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 Let me catch my breath for a second. For all those jobs, which one did you enjoy the most and why? I guess it was the PE teacher. I got to work with elementary school kids. This was kindergarten to third grade. I got to dress every day in a t-shirt and blue jeans and sneakers. <laughs> I, ro I rode my bicycle. I didn't even own a car back then when I had that job. I would ride my bicycle to and from work. And I got to play all day, helping kids get better at sports, uh, learning how to compete without getting crazy about it. You know, it wasn't so much about winning or losing. It was having a good time and teaching them skills. Uh, and uh, they paid me for this. And it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I liked it. So, now, since you started speaking gigs, where was the coolest place that you got to go to give a speech? Oh, my gosh. I've been to 27 of the United States and 19 foreign countries to do speaking. So, it's very hard to pick the coolest place. Whoa. But I would, prob I would probably say Australia and New Zealand. Wow. Very cool. Because part of my That's speaking, far away. Hold on. <laughs> oh, that's very, very far away, like 18 hours in the plane. Yeah. Uh, but, but what was so nice was that I would always go a few days early, and i get to do some sightseeing. So I got to see some wonderful places in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, but China was fantastic. Lima, Peru was fantastic. Wow. Lots of places. Okay. Now, if you could go back 10 years and tell yourself something, what would it be? to go back 10 years and tell myself, uh, probably I would tell myself to buy certain stocks that I know have done really well over the last 10 years, invest in Hold those up, stocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Brad, it's, it's 2013. And by 2023, NVIDIA, which makes the chips that go into all the gaming yeah. <laughs> and the AI and all that, it's like five bucks a share. 
I happen to own some. I bought it at $20 a share. It's now $400 a share. Yeah. Hello, that's pretty good. But if I could have bought it at $5 a share 10 years ago, holy cow, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, so what was the what biggest mistake you ever made and how did it change you as a person? Oh my gosh, it's embarrassing. Uh, my wife and I invested in a photocopy store and the first one did really, really well. And the guy that we had hired to run it said, we need to open a second store. And we were a little bit reluctant, but he assured us everything would be great. Would, you know, sales are great. And so we plunked a lot more money into the second store and it didn't do so well. And in fact, both of them folded and we lost several hundred thousand dollars. And what we learned is do Never your do that. homework, do your due diligence, look at the numbers, ask more questions, dig deeper. Uh, and and be very careful before you invest in anything land um, you know a rental uh, crypto stocks bonds mutual funds whatever it is that you're investing in do your due diligence do gotta be a big brain to remember all of those so so when you're not working what do you do for fun two things I travel a lot with my wife okay we just went to, to Mexico for two weeks and we're gonna be in Tahiti next week uh, uh, with, a, with a company. It's actually a company trip. So I love to travel and I play a lot of online Texas Hold'em. And I also play at my Moose Lodge. I play live Texas Hold'em. I love Texas. I'm an addict. I play it all the time, every night for about two hours online and every Monday and every Friday at the, at the lodge. I do some Texas Hold'em online as well. So. Heck of fun. Heck of fun. Really, it, it's really fun. <laughs> so do you play video games? That's not Texas Hold'em. And what is your favorite one? Uh, I'm my, my millennial daughter, Tiberius. She calls me technologically challenged. So I don't do any kind of video games or anything like that other than hold them. And like I said, two hours, sometimes three hours a night, uh, five nights a week for that. But no, no other video games. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just not my thing. Okay. So what's your favorite book to read? Oh, come on. In, in 72 years, I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. My favorite, one of my favorites was Dune, the science fiction book uh, by Frank Herbert. Uh, they made it into a movie, which got somewhat close to the book, but the book was much deeper and, and richer. Uh, I would say Dune, that was one in the science fiction area. And then Gary Keller, who founded the Keller Williams Real Estate Company, he wrote a book called The One Thing, and it's about focus and just buckling down and staying very focused. Okay. Uh, the, the, the book starts with a proverb. It says, if you chase two rabbits, you won't catch either one. Got to chase one. Then you'll most definitely get it. Then you'll, then it increases the likelihood that you'll catch it. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Okay. Okay. Now, can you tell me that one story? You know, remember, this is a kid's show. The one story, well... That you're not supposed to tell me about. Come on, you can tell me. <laughs> okay. So I was working for the Fred Pryor Seminar Company, okay. and I'm up in front of this audience, maybe 100 people, and okay. I have a microphone, a wireless mic. And we get to 10.15 in the morning, the first section, and it's time for the break. And usually on the break, I go to the back of the room and I sell the products that, we're, that we have back then. Yeah. And back then it was CDs and cassettes and things like that. But I told the audience, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I, I apologize have to go to the bathroom but i will be right back and i will be back at the table to take your orders 
So I get to the bathroom. I lock the stall. Uh, I guess I could say I pulled down my pants. So you know what I had to do. And I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, I get done. I wipe myself. I wash my hands. I walk back into the room and they are all standing, giving me a round of applause and laughing. And I look down. I didn't turn my microphone off. So the whole time I was in the toilet, I was, they heard every sound I made. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about embarrassing. I just, I turned like 20 shades of red and I said, okay. And I turned off the mic and I went back and sold some products and then went back and taught the rest of the seminar, but I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. It was hysterical. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> okay. That's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Okay. <laughs> well, Top that one. <laughs> well, is there anything else you think my listeners should know about you? I, I like to have fun. Uh, and if somebody doesn't want to have fun and, you know, now, yeah, I'm in a serious business. I mean, obviously $25,000 is a lot of money and you're not going to see the returns on that. It could be years. So uh, you got to have a good sense of humor. You got to be somebody that, wants to make a difference uh, and enjoy life. Otherwise, it's just not worth doing. I, I, I heard somebody say the other day, if it's not fun, then it's not worth doing. And I totally agree with that. Okay. So, do you have a Facebook or website for my listeners to follow you? Like you said, your email earlier? Yeah, email is the best. My website is my old website from when I was a speaker and a trainer and a seminar leader. I did that for about... 35, 40 years. So that's not really helpful. Best thing is if they can go to LinkedIn, Bradley K. Warren, I'm on LinkedIn. They can find me there or just email me brad at bradwarren.com. And I respond to all emails within 24 hours. Even when I'm on vacation, I take my computer with me, my laptop hmm. and in between, in between sipping pina coladas down in Mexico, I'll check my emails and, and get back to people within 24 hours. See, I'm having fun now. You're having fun. You're laughing at my jokes. So, what's that one question that you think I forgot to ask you? Oh, goodness. That's a great question. You've, you've asked pretty much everything. Uh, sure, I did I, everything. Why, you got one more you want to spring on me? <laughs> I'm asking script. you, so. Yeah. Uh I guess did I mention where the land is and how much and how to do it? And no, you've you've covered this was very far ranging, so you've you've covered it. Okay. Well, thank you, Brad, for being my special guest. Can you stick around for math corners? I certainly can, and thank you for having me on the show. Tiberius's favorite subject. It's Math Corners! And now it's time for Math Corners. Thank you, Brad, for helping me with Math Corners. This week, we're going to do some more multi-step word problems. My dad is always good at finding new problems for me to solve. Today, we're going to talk about making a pie. Well, Tyrell baked a berry pie. The recipe called for 5 ounces of blackberries, 8 ounces of raspberries, and 9 ounces of strawberries. In the supermarket, he only found 12 ounce containers of berries. He bought one container of each kind of berry. After he baked a pie, 
How many ounces of berries did Tyrell have left? Well, you would add the three together. I think it was 22 ounces. Doesn't matter. So, well, first this is a real problem because we do know that we like to eat berry pie. But normally, we like to get a parent to make it, not us children. <laughs> so, yep. to solve this issue, you have to first find out how many ounces of berries we need for the pie. So, you add the 5 and 8, and then you get 13. And then you get the 9 and the 22 total needed. And so, we have to subtract that from the number of ounces purchased. There were three kinds of berries, and Tyrell bought 12 ounces of each. So, 3 times 12 is 36 total ounces, you know? Ah, great. Nice, you just shot the 22 from the 36, then you get 14 ounces of berries left. That would make for a good breakfast. I'm hungry already now. <laughs> So, Brad, do you ever have to figure out the ounces of ingredients to eat a pie, or do you just buy a store-bought one at Publix? I go with the store-bought. I don't. The cooking I do at home is mostly like hamburgers and steaks and fish, stuff like that. Luckily, we don't bake pies, because I would most definitely burn it. Yeah, my wife, my wife likes to bake, so she has. <laughs> I see her with the measuring cups and the little spoon, and she yep, has that. to do all. Yep. So, Brad, my teacher said that I would use math every day. Do you use math in land banking? I most certainly do. Uh, I pay referral fees. It's called 2%. So <laughs> I, have to be able, I, have to, I have to take whatever the purchase price of the land is, multiply it times 0.02 to figure out how much of a referral <laughs> fee I'm going to pay to somebody. I have to know that there's 43,560 square feet in an acre. And when somebody buys land for, let's just say, X amount of dollars, you divide by 43560 and you get the price per square foot. And you have to know that in, in my business. So, yeah, I'm using math every single day. Well, thank you so much, Brad, for your help with Math Corners. My pleasure. And now it's time the heart of a lion. As you know, we talk about the qualities of living by the heart of a lion, which stands for leadership, integrity, obedience, and ability. This week, we're going to talk about leadership. For me, I think leadership is the act of loving what is good, having self-control, and being disciplined. The qualities of leadership are providing guidance and direction, organization, and being a positive influence on others. So I was waiting in the lobby of a medical office while my dad had to see the doctor. Some guy was watching TV laughing so hard at some joke while he was eating. Then he started choking. The receptionist ran to the person and told everyone to calm down. She grabbed him from behind and wrapped her hands around his belly, and then she yanked hard on his belly and some food came out of his mouth. She had saved the day. Well, I then asked her where did she learn to do that, and she said it was called the Helmlich Maneuver, and that they taught it while she was hired. And this was some great leadership from the doctor's office to ensure everyone knew to help someone that was choking. It was providing guidance and direction, and in this case, really was a positive influence on the guy she saved. So, Brad, did you see her use leadership at all this week? No, actually, I did. Uh, I offered a guy who was struggling with his business, and I offered him a free coaching session to see if I could sort of figure out what was going on. And was able to, I love your definition, provide guidance and direction. And he's got a couple of action steps that he's going to take. And then I told him that I'd do another free session next week 
just to follow up and make sure that he took those action steps. And we're going to see if it's helped his business or not. Did you make sure to tell him to buy some dirt? <laughs> no, he already knows I do that. <laughs> so we should always try to be lying strong in everything we do, shouldn't we? Yes, absolutely. And that's our show, folks. I want to thank the one, the only, the amazing Brad Warren for being on my show. It has been so much in talking about today. I think we'll learn a lot about being a land banker and investing in our futures. Thanks for having me. Do you mind giving your website again? Yeah, actually, again, the email is better than the website. The, 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 if they want to go back and look at my website, it's also my name, www.bradwarren.com, and they can see my past. But if they want to know more about the present and the future, it's brad at bradwarren.com. Send me an email. I'll get right back to you. Okay. And also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Tiberius Show. And I would like to thank WWPR 1490 AM, KINT 98, Soul Radio 24-7, Easy Way TV, and all the other stations that air on my show. Please be sure to visit the Tiberius Show on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Brad, have you subscribed yet? Yes, I have. I actually did it yesterday to be prepared yes. for today. Oh, and if you have a comment, I will actually respond myself. Also... Be sure to listen to us next week on the Tiberius Show with your host, Tiberius Boy!